It's Devin Nunes back again on the podcast over the weekend. I was on the John Bachelor podcast. Uh, he does a great job doing interviews and follow him because if you want to know anything going on globally, he's great. Uh, but he's always kind to do interviews with me, and I enjoy uh, doing them, and hopefully you guys will enjoy hearing it. I'm John Batchelor. This is the Friends of History Debating Society. Congressman Devin Nunes, 22 California, is with me, and we go to the headlines from the Washington Post in these last days. Durham Grand Jury indicts lawyer whose firm represented Hillary Clinton's campaign. First paragraph. Dateline, September 16th. Special Counsel John Durham, tasked by the Trump administration with investigating the FBI's role in the 2016 presidential campaign, announced the indictment of a lawyer charged with lying when he gave the Bureau purportedly damaging information about then-candidate Donald Trump without disclosing his ties to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Devin, this is the result of the work of a lot of people, including your committee, the Intelligence Committee, uh, 2017 to 2019. However, it requires unpacking. My reason, reading of this is that attorney Michael Sussman belonged to a firm, Perkins Coy. Perkins Coy was the paymaster and the interlocutor for the Hillary Clinton campaign to a lot of what were called dirty tricks. Have I got that? Is my memory correct, Evan? I think you're right, John. And what Perkins Coy was, it was essentially a way to launder these dirty tricks through the disguise of, well, these are lawyers, so everybody has privilege. So it's a license to lie, a license to steal, a license to corrupt the government. And that's why they use these law firms. It was a great trick until you get caught. And that's what happened here is that we caught these guys. Uh, these are the guys at the, in, in the middle of this scandal because they were essentially the go-between. They were People were using them, given money, then they would pay others, and then they would also go and spread it around. The mistake here is is that uh, they actually went directly to the FBI. There's records of that. And then, of course, later uh, our committee interviewed uh, this attorney, Sussman is his name, and so his story didn't jive. And so I think what Durham was able to do, he was able to get much more information than we were. Clearly he's got – Emails, phone records, banking records, that sort of thing. Uh, and he lays out, it's, it's not your, it's not your average line to the FBI, which I know a lot of people look at and say, well, that's typically when you go and interview somebody, you think they're guilty, they lie to you a couple times, and then they end up pleading down to a line to the FBI. This is far different. This is, this is bigger than that because this is your traditional, what the law was written for, lying at FBI, where you go in with fake information and you start an investigation. You're the origins of an investigation into your fellow Americans. So it's exactly what Congress intended when they wrote the law. Uh, and luckily, uh, Durham was able to indict under this. I think it's, I believe it's a slam dunk uh, indictment. Uh, and I think it's just 27 pages. People should go and read it because what you see is, the foundation of what is likely to be um, a conspiracy, which we've largely said this was a conspiracy uh, by the Clinton campaign, by dirty actors within the FBI uh, to weaponize the intelligence system in the United States of America. It's been a dark, dark time for the United States of America. Uh, and I hope that Durham is going to be able to continue this investigation because that is my concern because now you're beginning to see a lot of the old Obama people that were rewarded and put into the Biden administration into high-level positions, uh, it's starting to, to get close to them. So how long will the Department of Justice 
under Attorney General Garland, who looks like a complete political hack, will he allow Durham to finish this investigation and bring this dark chapter of United States history to a close? with people paying a price for weaponizing our intelligence systems. My memory is there was the firm Fusion GPS, a private firm that was used as a go-between to many of the players. Can we guess that Fusion GPS will be part of this story, Devin, as we go forward? Because there were so many, well, there were so many things that were not transparent. Well, I think the question for them will be uh, is – you know, who concocted this idea in the first place? We know that Fusion GPS is really good at concocting crazy ideas. Fusion GPS has long, John, been under our uh, investigation. We've been looking at them closely. We just don't know who was it that concocted this crazy story about the Steele dossier and the P-tapes and all that. Was it someone in the Clinton campaign and they went to a law firm that told Fusion GPS to do this? So at what point uh, does Fusion GPS really become the focal part of this? We don't know. But clearly, there had to be people within our own government that knew this, and those are the people that also it's really important for them to pay the price because they were the people that are in charge. We have one FBI lawyer that already pled guilty, but there should be a lot more people that had to have been involved in this, that had to know this was a fraud, and they were just trying to curry favor with the Democratic Party and the Clinton campaign, thinking that she was a shoe-in to win back in 16, and they would all be rewarded for taking part in this Hollywood production that ultimately has damaged this country, damaged so many people's lives, and really, I think, I think ruined the Trump presidency because Donald Trump was really never able to be president because he had the FBI snooping around in the Department of Justice, snooping around all the time on a phony story that the Clinton campaign had just concocted. You're headed back to Washington. We're told there is a large piece of legislation that awaits the approval of the Democratic majority in the House and the Democratic voting majority in the United States Senate. However, in a conversation with the deputy editor of the editorial page, my colleague Dan Henniger, I learned that there is no clarity as to whether Mrs. Pelosi and Mr. Schumer have a success here or are going to stall. There's a lot of adamant voices, Devin, in the Senate mm -hmm. and in the House. So what is your measure at this point? Nancy Pelosi has made promises. Can she deliver? Well, everybody knows is that this is her swan song. And I, I like people to look back at 2009. When Obama first won election, he said, oh, we're going to have to do a stimulus plan to get the economy going. And so he borrowed some $800 billion and sprinkled it all around, largely to grease the skids and buy votes for what? Obamacare. So here we fast forward. They've employed essentially the same, the same playbook. They used COVID. They lied to the American people and said, we have to spend $1.9 trillion in order to take care of COVID. Well, the reality was it wasn't. It was very little was used for COVID. It's a slush fund that Biden will now have for the next four years. So now they can only lose four in the House, zero in the Senate. How much of that money will be used to buy the votes of the Democratic Party members to vote for what is really something that makes Obamacare uh, look like an anthill compared to a giant mountain? That's what that's how big this bill is. It's essentially a five trillion dollar bill. And don't even, it's, it's raising taxes across the board, all bad stuff, all bad for the economy. But even worse than that are all the new starts, 
All the new starts on essentially socialized medicine. So it's going to create new Medicare programs. It's going to create new programs for child care. Uh, all socialist type, uh, socialist type agenda. $12,000 for green new cars. And then most importantly, uh, they're not going to be able to pay for this at the end of the day. And what everybody's watching, they have $80 billion a year for new IRS agents. That doubles the size of the IRS. The only reason that could be possible is that they're going to pass regulations to monitor every $600 transaction that any American in this country makes, and that's what they'll use. They'll use the IRS agents to track your life and make sure that they can get every single tax out of you as possible. It's really scary stuff. It's called bank surveillance. There's no reason you would need to double the size of the IRS unless you're trying to create a socialist, communist country. It's really dangerous stuff. And we saw the play before. We know Obama and all his team are running the White House, and they're doing exactly what they did in 2009, except they said, we got to do it right this time. Once and for all, we'll create a socialist country. That's what this bill's about. Devin Nunes, Congressman Devin Nunes, podcaster Devin Nunes, author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism, on the road in Keystone State, my home state, Headed back to Washington, D.C., watching the fires in Sequoia and the KNP complex in the Sequoia National Forest, watching the air quality in the San Joaquin Valley. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor.